everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Harper's Halftime. I'm your host, Tori, and with me, I have the man who prefers his hot dogs microwaved. My <laughs> husband, Sean Harper. This is true. Yeah, I know. If you're new here, we dive deep into the world of sports and the hottest headlines, engaging discussions, and unique perspectives. Together, we're here to deliver the dynamic duo of sports commentary, combining Sean's passion for the game and my love for the strategic side of sports. So whether you're a dedicated fan or just looking to stay informed, we're the podcast for you. So grab your favorite snack, find a comfortable spot, and let's jump into the action. Today, we're going to dive into some of the hottest sports topics in the headlines right now. We're going to start off with some Ranger updates that Sean is going to give us, and then we're going to dive into the merger between PGA and Live Golf that broke on, I think, Tuesday. So it's really hot topic right now. But before we jump into the first half, I just want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in the ongoing sports updates on the topics that we cover, head over to our Instagram at Harper's Halftime, where we'll make sure to keep you up to date on everything. And we even post some kind of hot topics. Like today, we posted about Brittany Griner's airport incident that happened at DFW. Yeah, Friday night or Saturday morning, she got ambushed. Yep, and we just saw her play at a WNBA game on Saturday. Friday night. Friday night, sorry. Yeah, we went to the game Friday night, and apparently when they were leaving, because they have to fly commercially, she she got ambushed. They had to tackle the guy and everything. So. Yeah, yep. So we keep up to date with all of that stuff over on our Instagram if you're interested. So with all of that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and hand this over to Sean for the first half. Topic one, we're going to talk about the Texas Rangers and their star pitcher they signed this year. And I saw a headline about this just because one of our friend, mutual friends posted about it and I happened to see it. And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to say this now. Because we started this podcast, I've gotten a little bit more into sports. And when I see sports headlines, I can't look away. Yeah. I'm just like, I need to know. Yeah, can't wait. No, yeah. Can't wait till the next week's episode. No. All right. There's a few. So we're going to talk about the Texas Rangers. There's a few things to go over first. All right. There's a lot to unpack here with the Rangers. And I'm going to try to make this enjoyable for someone who's not a Texas Rangers fan. Okay. This is easy for me because I'm a Texas Rangers fan. A lot of our listeners are also Rangers fans. So maybe they'll, they'll care. And then... I I think the people that don't like the Rangers because of what I have seen are gonna want to know this information too yeah it's a big baseball story right now it's uh, it's like the biggest baseball story in mlb this season so far that's the reason i didn't just choose the rangers because i'm a rangers fan yeah so the rangers are on fire this year that's one of the main things i definitely know about that because you update me on that almost every day because every day i get a notification they won again and they won again and they won again and they won again So the Rangers are on fire right now, and the reason that is such a huge, important topic is because they've been one of the worst teams in baseball the last three years. Big news. No one expected this. Everyone kind of, from the moves they've been making that I'm going to go over, they've kind of expected them to compete a little bit. No one expected them to be winning. No one expected them to be... They are a top three team in all of baseball right now, arguably the best team in baseball. So I think we we didn't expect this, but I think we kind of expected 
because of the team and the trades they made and the money they put in that they were going to do decent. Yeah, we expected them to compete, or I did, and I was kind of hopeful of like maybe a wild card playoff spot, maybe, but that's like me being a diehard fan, like hoping for the best. Yeah. Realistically, sports stations across the country, the Rangers are getting picking up news from the moves they were making, but people were still, after last season, were still like, they're, they're not taking them serious. Well, now we are almost 65 games in, almost to the halfway point. Next month's the All-Star break, and they have the second or third best record in all of baseball. Which is so crazy. Baseball seasons are so, not long, there's so many games. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. over 120 games? There's 162 games. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, 162 games. How many players do they carry on a roster, oh. averagely? So the MLB roster is 28 players with a limit of maximum 14 pitchers. And how many people are on the field? Nine. Okay, so they carry... 28. 28, so they carry almost triple the amount of players. Over triple. Yeah, that's mainly for pitching. Right. Yeah. Half of your roster is pitching. The other 14 are position players that cycle through the nine positions. That's so crazy to me. You have like a maximum of six players on the bench that can take the field. The rest are just there to pitch. Yeah. And isn't that the m- number one position that gets injured in baseball? Yes. Okay. Yep. Anyway, side tangent. Right, so we're going to start with talking about what happened in the offseason after the end of last season. At the end of last season, the Rangers actually fired their general manager, John Daniels. Do you know who John Daniels is? I don't know. John Daniels has been a longtime general manager of the Rangers. He's famous in North Texas. The Rangers hired him in 2005. And he was the youngest general manager in the history of Major League Baseball at 28 years old in 2005. Wow. He also has been the general manager all the way up until August of 22. So that was 17 years he ran the Rangers organization. One of the longest tenured general managers. So very well respected. Lucky to have him revered as one of the best general managers in all of baseball. He and he build. was he was there when the Rangers went to the World Series. He built the two World Series teams that went back to back. Yes. So he was very very big in 2020. The Rangers hired this guy named Chris Young and hired him as vice president of baseball operations underneath John Daniels. Okay. That's really John Daniels hired his replacement. So I was about to say it sounds like a weird like made up title. No, I saw a video the other day, like the Browns draft room and the general manager is making all these moves. He had like three assistant general managers and a VP general manager. And he's like, they were all on the phone simultaneously with five different teams, wheeling and dealing and like putting people on hold. What do you got? All right, I got this. I got the 36 and the 72 pig. And he's like intaking all this information with all these assistants. And then he makes a final decision. All right, tell the Raiders no. Tell Detroit, no, we're going with this team's trade. Okay. So, anyways, they have a said all that to say this they have a lot of assistants and vice presidents and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're not like, go get you coffee assistant. Like, I need you to know what you're doing. I need your 
this is too much for me to do on my own. Chris Young was a pitcher for the Texas Rangers. He used to play for them, longtime player. He's worked his way up in the front office. John Daniels actually signed and helped develop Chris Young with the Rangers. So he's oh. known him for a long time. In August of 22, after the season ended, they fired John Daniels and they promoted Chris Young to his position. And it wasn't any kind of like backstabbing or anything like that. This is just the Rangers ownership getting very antsy to win yeah and making moves i kind of brought all this up to say this um the rangers are doing incredibly well this year and chris young is getting a ton of credit right yeah this is still john daniel's team is it a hundred percent so last year before the season started the rangers really made headlines when they signed shortstop Corey seager and second baseman marcus simeon you freaked out they spent a combined like $500 million on these on this middle infield. Their other big name players that are now like just coming in on their own is Adolis Garcia. John Daniels traded for him from the St. Louis Cardinals for cash. He literally traded cash for Adolis Garcia's, brought him up, and now he leads the he leads the team in home runs and RBIs. Wow. Nathaniel Lowe, our first baseman, traded. By John Daniels, brought him in. Now he's a star first baseman, one of the best offensive players. Now, I love how you say R. You're like, R Our. R. That's how I say it. Anyways, like, it's like yours, or it's our team. Yeah, we are the Texas Rangers. Yeah, that is us. Yes. We we don't associate with any other baseball team. Correct. I'm glad we got that straight now. Everybody watching will understand where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. So... Nathaniel Lowe, John Daniels, Adolis Garcias, John Daniels, Josh Young, our rookie third baseman, drafted by John Daniels, brought up by John Daniels, probably going to win Rookie of the Year. He's already been two-time Rookie of the Month in the American League. Chris Young took over, and he did have a really good offseason his first offseason. We fired our manager, and we hired Bruce Bochy as our head coach manager. They call him managers in baseball. Bruce Bochy is a three-time World Series champion from the San Francisco Giants. So, big, big name. He's been a huge impact on our culture this year. And then Chris Young went after pitching. That was what we were lacking, right? So, he signed Nathan Avaldi, Andrew Heaney, and he signed Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, I remember when they created the middle infield that you were so excited about. You're like, all we need now is pitching. And that's what everyone was saying. And then they went after pitching. Aggressively, very, very aggressively went after pitching. It's been paying off really, really big time. Uh, Nathan Evaldi is lights out this year. One of our other pitchers that's being lights out is John Gray. That was a John Daniels move. He's here because of John Daniels, that's not Chris so Young. That's so crazy. Yeah. If they would have held on to John Daniels one more season, he would probably be the general manager for the Rangers for the next 15 years. Did he go anywhere else? Yes. John Daniels is now a senior advisor to the Tampa Bay Rays. That's not general manager, though? No. What is that? What is a senior senior advisor versus a general manager? A made-up title to bring someone in to give you baseball advice. So that one's a made-up title. Yeah, he's there to give baseball advice. Okay. Like, his input, but he's not in charge of anything. He's not a decision maker. Okay. But... He went to Tampa Bay, and they started the season 14-0. and They have the best record in baseball. That's right. Yeah. They almost broke the record for most consecutive wins to start a season. It's like right now the Rangers are paying off, but it's like in the next five years, 
because a lot of the decisions that paid off weren't Chris Young's, are they going to continue to pay off? We'll see. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that if John, if they wouldn't have fired John Daniels and the Rangers went on to have the season they're having now and they finish on like their trajectory they think they're going to finish, he would his job secured for another 10 years. Right. The biggest move Chris Young made was he signed Jacob DeGrom to a massive five-year, $185 million deal. Jeez. Five years. Was he the highest-paid pitcher in baseball at that point? Uh, No. Okay. No. There was much higher paid because Jacob DeGrom has been injury-prone for a really long time. Yeah. So they signed Jacob DeGrom to this massive deal, and in the last two seasons, he's only pitched... 156 innings. One longtime pitching coach phrased it like this when asked about the Jacob DeGrom deal. At this point, you have to say, based on the last couple years, that it's far more likely he'll get hurt again than stay completely healthy in the coming years. His ability to generate arm speed that produces such high velocity at his age makes him a freak, but it's reasonable to believe that also puts him at greater risk of injury. I'd have to say it's a huge risk for anyone to give him a five-year deal right now. But I guess if you're Texas and you're desperate for pitching and desperate to try to contend, that's the only way you can rationalize it. He literally called the Texas Rangers desperate like three times. Yep. Which is is what it is. You got this new GM. You have to have pitching. That coach sounds salty. Yeah. Like straight up like (laughs) salty. there's, There's no other pitching on the market, right? Like not aces. There's not... You have pitching, plenty of pitching. We signed like three pitchers, and they're yeah. doing decent, but like an ace, like someone who can night in, night out, like shut it down. One yeah. of the best. There's there's only 10 to 15 of them in baseball. Yeah. So they signed DeGrom. He gets hurt in spring training, little injuries. I remember. Hearing that, and everyone's like, we're just being super cautious. He makes... I remember because it was... What was the injury I made fun of? Because you had mentioned that... He was out because of an injury and a hamstring? No, not a hamstring. It was it was a it was such a minor injury and I was like making fun of it like why are you resting on this right. injury? Yeah, it was super something super minor. But I didn't know the backstory of that he's injury prone. So, yeah, injury prone, gets hurt in spring training. And then the season comes He's not healthy for the start of the season, so he doesn't get to open start opening day. He is healthy, but we're being cautious. Yeah. He ends up pitching, starting five games, and going 2-0 and with like a 2.6 ERA, which is really good. So when he's out there, he's still like shut down, lights out, really good, right? And then his sixth game of the season, he gets pulled in like the third inning with elbow tightness. The sixth game of the season? That he started. His sixth game he yeah. started in. Pitchers only start every five days. Yeah. Every fifth game. So they pull him for elbow tightness. He's out for a few weeks. He's supposed to come back for a rehab assignment. He's not coming back as fast as he's supposed to. And then he was supposed to make a rehab start at the beginning of June. And this news broke on like Tuesday. And literally on Monday, they announced that he wouldn't be ready for rehab till June 28th. They pushed it back yeah. like a whole month. 
And on my way into work, I'm listening to, to 105.3 The Fan, Tolo, shout out, Sports Talk Radio, listening to 105.3 The Fan, and they have a guy on there, his name's Bobby Belt, and he was. they were talking about this, how he's being delayed, and is it smart for the Rangers to be cautious? And Bobby was like, man, I'm going to be honest with you, this has red flags all over it. And they were like, what do you mean? And he literally was like, this feels like one of those scenarios where everyone's finding out that he needs Tommy John and nobody's saying anything and they don't know how to talk about it because sometimes they'll delay for whatever reason the news or the surgery for months. Weird. Yeah. Like maybe like still holding on to hope that he doesn't need it. But that's one of those things that's easily detected by an MRI. Yeah, but there's like minor... There's sometimes there's minor tears that you can get away with. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing as an ACL tear, where you can have a partial tear and not need surgery, but that's also detected by an MRI. Right, but you're not going to announce anything if you're still going to try to pitch. Like, that would say, be just. But the difference between an ACL and an and when you need Tommy John surgery, those are two very different injuries because if you, it's very clear if you need Tommy John surgery. It's not always very clear. It's what I'm trying to tell you. I think okay. it is. Anyways, <laughs> no, we can agree to disagree on that. Well, I'm trying to tell you that you will pe- people will finish the season needing, like maybe needing Tommy John, and they'll just ride it out, and then at the end of the season they'll make the decision. I've never seen that happen in my entire life. I can. You want me to research it and pull it up for you? It's happened a lot. Okay. It's not something like ACL where you tear your ACL and you like you, you can't cut on it. You're done. Like you might be able to walk like a normal person, but like it's if it's a full tear in your elbow, like yes, but there is people that experience elbow discomfort. That's what they always say, tightness in their elbow and all this stuff, and they they just power through it. Derek Holland I have another example. We can go down the rabbit hole. He needs Tommy John. He was on the radio show. He's he's retiring this year because he held off Tommy John for two years. He said he's been needing it for two years, and he just pitched through it. Man, I've never heard that happening. But yes. okay, anyways. So Bobby was saying all that on Monday, how like red flag it was. Like this, this really feels like a Tommy John situation. He was like, I feel like a couple weeks are going to go by and we're just going to get breaking news that he needs Tommy John surgery. And then next day, breaking news, Jacob deGrom is having Tommy John surgery. Is he a commentator or radio personality? He is a, like, he is, he's got a million jobs. He's a sports analyst okay. type. He's a North Texas insider for the Cowboys and Mavericks and Rangers. And Okay, so I feel like potentially him bringing that to light probably started some talking and that might have pushed them to break that news you don't think he's that big no that influential no okay no but these guys on 105 through the fan have if anyone's going to get the scoop on north texas teams they're going to get it first right they have a lot of people working for them that has sources inside the building right so, and he, he prefaced it with, I don't, this is all gut. This is literally, he was like, this is my gut. Yeah. If they have sources, they, they're the first one to tell you I have sort like, I know. Yeah. They love doing that. Yeah. One of the reasons that they hold off needing Tommy John is it's not a nine month recovery like ACL. It's like a 14 to 16 month recovery. ACL is only six months. Okay. Now it's six months. It used to be nine months. Yeah. It's. I've it's had even, two. It's gotten even better now. I've had two, and it was six months. Some professional athletes take up to 
up to nine months. Michael Gallup took like ten months to come back from his ACL. That's weird because it's it's six months from from table to court is what they say from surgery to getting back on the court. Right. It's very like lined out, and the only way that it would take more is if you have other injuries. And also the mental part of it, trusting yourself. Michael Gallup had a lot of issues trusting his his ability and right scared scared he's going to re-injure it. And if you play scared. So you're saying Tommy John surgery takes longer? Minimum 12 months. Jeez. Average 14 to 16 months. Most pitchers miss two entire seasons when they get Tommy John. That is the longest recovery I've heard of any any cuz technology has advanced so much in the last 10 years that for something to still take that long yeah. is insane. It's the all the rehab and working your way back up so you don't re-injure it when right. you're putting that much torque on your arm. Do you know what the re-tear rate is on a Tommy John surgery, or is it pretty successful? It's pretty high. Most players get two Tommy John surgeries. They do? If they get a first one, they're getting a second one. Man, that sucks. This is Jacob DeGrom's second Tommy John, so I'm about to run through that right now. That is basically a career-ending injury. If it's at the beginning of your career, no. But like at this point, we're gonna about to get into that. I think Jacob DeGrom is done. Other people are like, he'll be back by the All-Star or at the end of next season or whatever. And I'm like, he's like almost 35. And it has to inhibit your ability to some extent. He's such a good pitcher that... He goes through this whole process and comes back. What is the likelihood that he's going to be just as good? Even if you're younger. If you're younger, look good. People okay. come back just fine off Tommy John. But there's such a high retail rate. Yeah, because you're you're doing something that is 100%. It's not... It's the same ligament ACL, but you can't compare it because... It's not comparable. Right. I think Tommy John's worse, in my opinion. ACL, you are... Say for a football player, you were testing that ACL like every few plays on some cuts a pitcher you were testing that UCL every single pitch like you were doing something completely unnatural that that arm should not be going right we had talked about the difference between pitching and baseball versus softball and why softball players don't usually get injured because the underhand is more natural to Mm -hmm. our body versus the overhand is technically the most unnatural way to throw anything especially breaking pitches to put the spin on the ball that they need to you're just snapping your elbow as hard as you can that's crazy. Okay, we're getting definitely into that tangent, but I yeah. think that was definitely a good conversation because I didn't, I didn't know all of that. Right, a lot of people don't. So yeah. 2010, DeGrom got drafted in 2010, and four months after being drafted by the Mets, he misses the entire 2011 season needing Tommy John. Can't even first season, he's done for. In 2016, he had a season-ending surgery on the ulnar nerve in his elbow, He did not have another Tommy John, but was shelved the rest of that season. So that's another surgery that's like a minor way of not fixing the problem because it's such a long recovery time. Yeah. So he ended his season, but it was only like a six-month recovery to do surgery on this nerve that is on his UCL. He almost had it in 2016 again. Oh my gosh. Then here's where the problem is, is 2017 to 2019. DeGrom turns in three straight healthy full seasons. And he absolutely changes the game of baseball and dominates. Like, 
unbelievable. Starts at least 31 games in each of those seasons. He wins two Cy Young Awards for Best Pitcher in Baseball. So two of those three seasons, he wins a Cy Young. He had a 2.53 ERA in 622 innings. So 200 innings in a season is like, that's a... That's rarity nowadays. Pitchers don't pitch that much. So when you log 200 innings, that's really good. Yeah. He averaged 200 and what, seven, 207 innings a game. So three years in a row, he looks like straight dominant workhorse. Babe, there was a stretch where his ERA, which is earned run average, was like, he was shattering records. He was doing stuff no one's done since the 1900s. Yeah. Like, Shutting down baseball. 2020, he had some minor injuries during the COVID season. And then 2021, he had to leave back-to-back starts with minor arm injuries. And then he pitched the normal the rest of the season. Had some shortened outings. Allowed He was pitching well in 2021, but he kept getting pulled with, with arm injuries. In 2021, this same season, in the second half of the season, he got pulled for forearm tightness and another start. And he never returned. He only pitched 92 innings that season. But he had a 1.08 ERA, which is anything under 1.9 is like a wizard. Yeah. Like unbelievable. 2022 suffers a stress reaction in his shoulder during spring training, ruled out multiple months, makes his season debut August 2nd. He has a decent year, but still minor injuries through 2022. And the Mets choose not to re-sign him well, they they tried to re-sign him. It was kind of a... He ended up basically choosing to leave the Mets in free agency. Yeah. And that's where the Rangers came in and gave him the five-year, $185 million deal. So, he was on and off injured right before we signed him. Yes. That's what makes it... So, he had those... Like, th- dude, come he had, on. He had those three seasons, and then 2021, he... He had about a half successful season. He was hurt half of 2021. But the half he pitched in 2021 was the best modern baseball has ever seen a pitcher pitch. Like, literally. Right, but he's going into the season of 2023 injured. He was supposed to be healthy, but he came off another injury-riddled season in 2022. Yeah. But it's just the wrist. It's just dangling. Versus reward. They're just dangling this carrot of, like, greatest pitcher in baseball. Greatest pitcher in baseball. Like, what if? What if he's healthy? What if he does three seasons for us? Yeah. 2023. We're now we're in April in 2023, and we're getting ready for spring training, and the Rangers placed him on a 15-day IL. That's a, injury. the minor injury we were talking about that you were like, I don't remember what it was or whatever. Yeah. Fast forward to June, and the Rangers, June of 2023, they announced he had Tommy John surgery. So He did have Tommy John surgery, or he's getting it? He will undergo Tommy John surgery. Okay. Like, he's... He may already have had it this week. Okay. Yeah. They usually don't... They usually don't... Once you announce you're having surgery, they usually don't cover it all the way through, like, surgery. Like, yeah, they don't give you the, all the details. Yeah, he probably had it the very next day. Okay. Yeah, that's usually how that stuff goes. So, like we said, this is the second time getting Tommy John. It's common for teams to be extra cautious with young pitchers, move them slowly, but DeGrom doesn't have time to waste. He, uh, he turns 36 next June. How long do baseball players usually play? Because I know it's longer than some other sports. It's about the same. It late, all just depends 30s. on position and, and longevity. It's about the same. Okay. You're. It's hard because it also depends on when you get brought up because 
like we know in baseball, you don't get drafted and go straight to the majors. Right. You're going to spend three years in the minors. So 10 years is a solid career. For the star, like starters, star players, 10 years is about the average career, 10 to 15. So his career is basically over, in your opinion. He turns 36 next year. He's not coming back to the end of next year. He'll probably miss all of next season. We'll see. He may have one year left after that. Like, he's in his late 30s. This is a huge mental. Poor Jacob. He was in the press conference, and he was extremely emotional. He was crying. His team was, like, deflated, like, crying, too. Like, it it hopefully doesn't kill the morale. The Rangers have still been winning since this news broke, so that's good. But So there's there's the breaking news with, with Jacob. It's crazy because they're already talking about Chris Young probably winning executive of the year. And this man's oh gonna. Oh my goodness! This man's gonna win GM of the year. He have not even more than half the team he didn't build. Which we already know that. But here's the even bigger kicker: he's probably gonna win executive of the year, and he probably made the worst offseason move out of all GMs in the offseason. Right. He went for a injury prone pitcher and signed him a five year deal. Why not offer him like a two-year? He didn't want it. He wasn't going to take it. That's another thing with these players is they're not, they know they're, they want to get locked up in case I get hurt. Is it illegal to, which I'm not saying he did this. I'm. This is just a genuine question. Is it illegal to sign a five-year deal when you know you're injured? Yeah, they go through physicals, babe. Okay. Yeah. There's millions at stake here. You have to go through a lot of physical exams. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, the Rangers are have the best offense in baseball right now, best run differential, most runs scored, third least, the third least amount of runs against. The Rangers lead the league in runs, run differential, runs scored. They're third least runs against, so one of the best defenses. Pitching's holding up. They're probably going to make some deals at the trade deadline coming up. So, ooh. They'll be stay more, tuned. yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. I think the trade deadline is right after the All Star break, so it's not far away. We'll be posting those updates on our Instagram. So that's okay. what I have for the Rangers. All right. Well, right around this time, we move. We would move into the Harper's halftime show, but because I know the topic coming up is just so crazy, and there's probably so much information, we're gonna skip that this episode. But we'll definitely come back to that next time. What are we talking about on next week's Harper's Halftime? So next week, we're going to talk about my personal, as far as like story-wise, we're going to talk about my personal recruiting story. I went and played basketball up in Seattle for a year, and I had a terrible recruiting experience because of the lack of knowledge that I had surrounding it. Neither of my parents played college sports, and it's not their fault, but there's just so much to know. And I... So I'm going to talk about that, and I'm going to talk about definitely things that you need to keep in mind when you're going through a recruiting process for anyone out there who has aspirations to go play college sports. And this is really for not the top 1% or 2% that are for sure going top D1. Yeah, not five-star recruits. Right. This is more for you want to go play D2 basketball or you want to go play small D1 and you don't have coaches lined up outside your door. Even if you're getting letters, like I got letters and just things to note, things to keep in mind. I had a lot happen to me that I would have made very different decisions knowing 
some of the things that so I know now. If you want the inside scoop on the college recruiting process and the do's and don'ts. Yes. Next week. Next week. That's what we'll be talking about for the halftime show. So Yeah. You're uh, starting to get down in the details. <laughs> I know. I'm really passionate about it and we've talked about it quite a bit. And you're like, Yeah, I knew that you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I didn't. Yeah. So Yep, we'll talk about that next week. So let's just go into the second half, and we're going to talk about, well, Sean is going to talk about the PGA Live Golf merger. The news this week that broke that shook the sports world. Shook everyone. Shooketh. Shooketh. So Live Golf is a Saudi Saudi Arabia-backed public investment fund group, PIF. There's a lot of talk about kind of where the money comes from is it dirty money is it not dirty money a thousand percent is dirty money yeah and that is the the general consensus across the board i'm not saying it's not every article i read there's no obviously if it was a known fact that they were using illegal money all this would be shut down by government agencies it's not illegal in saudi arabia it's very morally corrupt uh, coming from an American. Right. Well, yeah. not even just an American, because you have people in the PGA that play in, that are from England and Australia. They will also say it's very morally corrupt what they do over there. Correct. Yeah. So we're not going to get in all the details of that because... I could get pretty heated pretty quickly. Also, if I Google any trades that we've done, like import-export, like goods, yeah. domestic goods and all that stuff... If, if if you've done any business transaction with this country, then then you're a hypocrite, and we don't want to get down that road. Like, how much import and exporting is the United States doing with Saudi Arabia? I have no idea. We don't, but like, I bet if we look it up, there's country. You have to. All these countries do business with each other. I feel like we're a little bit. We keep our distance from Saudi Arabia. I don't want to go down this road. Okay. Anyways, let's let's if keep you it to really golf. Talk about the human injustice but in China. Were, the main reason people are mad is because of all of these statements that PGA made, and now it's now they're definitely hypocrites. Yes. Like yeah. a thousand percent. Right. Live golf. L I V is Roman numerals for fifty four. Based off their golf format of how they're doing these fifty more fifty four man shotgun style golf tournaments, so that's where the live comes from. Just in case people were curious about that, I'm gonna go through a little bit of the timeline and history of kind of how we got here. Okay. Before we talk about the actual merger, what's happening? Is it a merger? Is it not a merger? PGA saying it's not. Everyone else saying it is. We'll get in the details of that. We're going to kind of go down through a little bit of a timeline. Okay, so how Live kind of came about. The main reason that all this started is a lot of people feel like the PGA Tour was kind of running a monopoly. Yes, which I would agree with that. Which is also illegal. Yeah. And kind of like the PGA Tour is very greedy and a lot of players didn't agree with the way it was being operated and how... They were being paid, and I've done about three to four hours of research on this on top of just everything I've read and known. But like getting ready for this show, I did about three hours of research, and I was telling Tori, it's like every time you uncover a stone, there was another rabbit hole. Yeah. And then another rabbit hole. 
and then another rabbit hole. And all these high-profile people and players and key personnel are all so intertwined in, like, controversy and, like, corruption. And it's weird. So you definitely think there's some kind of corruption going on with the PGA. So it's all... I don't know if they're doing bad moral things, but there's... They ride the line on what's legal and illegal financially wise. I think there's a lot of very, very, very wealthy people that all they care about is being more wealthy and that they don't care about the game of golf. Yeah. And it's a lot of sketchy stuff going on as far as... I mean, are you that surprised? Everyone knows golf is a very wealthy people sport. Right. Very bougie. put a lot of wealthy people together... Bad things happen. Yes. Yes. Usually. So the main driving face, the face that everyone thinks is Phil Mickelson. So do you know who Phil Mickelson is? Yeah, driving face of PGA or driving face of the corruption? Oh, no, of live. Oh, of Not, live. No, I'm moving past the corruption. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're past that. Okay. So we're talking about how this got started. And yes, got started. I know who Phil Mickelson is. He won the Masters. Really, really old guy a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah he was, was like one of the oldest ones to win the Masters. If not the oldest, he might have been the oldest. Yeah. Phil Mickelson is star golfer that uh, his prime of his career was with Tiger Woods prime. Yes. So he always, if Tiger Woods didn't exist, Phil Mickelson would have been considered one of the greatest golfers of his time. Right. Now he's kind of in Tiger Woods' shadow. Yeah, he's he's number two. But still, people really revere him as like one of the best of all time. I'm really surprised because I didn't go into all the details of who's with Liv and who's with PGA. And to hear his name come up is actually really surprising to me. Nope, nope. You're just out of touch, babe. Yeah. <laughs> is he morally corrupt? Uh, I don't know. He's the number one. As far as what people see on the outside in is what I'm trying to get into is Phil Mickelson started all this. He's the reason that Liv is what it is. Okay. Suppose that's what we see on the outside in. Okay. He was he was meeting with them and things were going on and he was unhappy the way the PGA went. And in an interview, he said some things about the Saudis that people felt like it was insensitive. And he made some comments about, he basically kind of said, the Saudis are some crazy MFers, but I don't really care where the money comes from. And he said some things about how he doesn't... He said some negative things on the PGA. So the PGA suspended him. Right. And he received a lot of backlash. And he kind of stopped golfing for a minute. Well, he announced his return by announcing that... Which I'll get into here is he joined Live. That's how he came out from this suspension. Because the PGA was kind of blackballing him. Yeah. So he was like, well... Fine, then I'll actually go do it. Liv really picked up a lot of momentum by this guy named Greg Norman. Greg Norman is the CEO and the commissioner of the Live Golf League. Greg Norman's days in golf go all the way back to like 94, 95 when he tried to champion the World Golf Tour to compete against the PGA. So this guy's been ruffling feathers for years and years. Well, he... He's one of the main ones that announced this eight tournament tour and PIF, the public investment fund group that runs live, hired him to be CEO. He sent out invites to their first ever tournament to a lot of big names and 
when all this started going on, the PGA, the way it works on the PGA is you have to, if you're going to compete in any tour that is not uh, a sanctioned PGA event, if you're going to compete in any event that's not on the tour, you have to ask permission. And it's the way... That's weird. Yeah, you're you're only allowed to play on PGA-sanctioned events when you're on the tour. That's so weird. That's like telling the NBA players that they're not allowed to do... In the off-season. Yeah, anything in the off-season. Right. Which I don't know if there's rules on that. We know the WNBA goes overseas. I don't know if there's rules on that in the NBA or not. It kind of makes sense. It depends on contract stuff. It's like telling NBA players they're not allowed to play in the Olympics, which they did that for a minute, but then that was revoked. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah, and some sports, it just you have to be careful because you don't want your people getting hurt. Like, if I have you under a huge contract and you get hurt playing for another team, yeah, I'm going to be really upset about it. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so for a while, to keep players happy, they rarely rejected their request. Several big-name players requested to play in this first live event, and it was all denied. And PGA strongly enforced saying that if you play anything live you'll be suspended and you'll receive punishment basically so they felt threatened from the get-go 100 percent. yeah because they 100%. probably knew that live had money to pay their the players more than the pga did and they knew why it got started and greg norman and phil mickelson like are starting this to fix all the number one problems that PGA has. Right. And still offer all the same things that PGA is offering. Yep. So the first ever tournament, among others, like Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Taylor Gooch, Kevin Na, Lee Westwood, another big name player went to this first ever live tournament, Dustin Johnson, who was a former number one. He's won two majors. He's a big, big name in PGA. Against PGA wishes... All these players showed up to this first ever tournament. And at this time, they're not joining Live. They're still on the PGA Tour. They're still PGA members. They're just going to go golf in this tournament. And kind of telling PGA, like, screw you. Right. They are going knowing it's about to be... Not good. Yeah, big storm. Originally, Phil Mickelson was not in this field. And then right in, like, right last minute, he shows up and he ends up competing as well. So Phil Mickelson did. Phil Mickelson did. So right as they're teeing off, the commissioner of the PGA, Mohanan, he ends up suspending all the players that competed in that tournament. That's so, weird. Yep. So he's basically citing tournament regulations and rules with being on the tour and they willfully violated regulation. That's not helping the cause in the argument of that they're a monopoly. By the way. So among those suspended were Milkelson, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Matt Jones, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Kevin Na, and several other players that I haven't heard about. But When you get suspended, if you win the Masters tournament, do you get your jacket taken away and your membership taken away? No. So that's another crazy thing about these Masters is they're all different. Like the Masters every year is played at Augusta, Augusta yeah. National, and that... That's its own country club that like the Masters is a PGA event, but it's also like they have their own set of rules. It's on the PGA Tour, but it's its own individual event. The Masters, put it to you this way, Augusta has more power than the PGA does. Okay. It's weird. There's also deep 
there's deep rabbit holes yeah and racial tension in augusta because they're in georgia and like it's very like almost like cult like like when tiger got in trouble there was a lot of you know that tiger documentary yeah when he had to like go and make special apologies and like all these other white players have gotten into major major trouble and they didn't have to do anything and tiger's being treated like I did see that in that documentary we watched. Yeah, he had to do a lot of stuff that was, like, very, like, embarrassing, like... Like, honestly, like, make a spectacle of him. Right. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that. Yeah, this is... Golf's history is is pretty crazy, so... Yeah, you can get in all the race things, which golf is one of those sports that is known as being racist. Yeah, the the majors are, are weird the way this turns out so let's just keep going down the timeline okay. so they suspended all these players and then they basically end up announcing that if anybody going to live goes to live you're going to be banned from the pga yeah and you're going to be suspended and all this stuff so live starts forking out massive amounts of money massive they do you have numbers on what the biggest contract was? I know Mickelson signed a $100 million contract. Uh, and they get signed contracts instead of winning money. So, Well, they win money on top of the contract. So they, they get, get a both. set amount that to sign the contract. And then they also win money on the tour, which PGA, they don't get upfront money. Correct. So they are getting them giving them salaries, contracts. Yep. They're doing... Purses, they're still paying out tournaments, but they don't do cuts at their tournaments. They don't. That was a big part of it is they don't do cuts. So on the PGA, if you don't make the cut, you don't get paid. Right. Okay. So if you golf all, you fly across the country, dedicate months and weeks and and all this time, investment, room and trainers, board, trainers, equipment, your caddy. Like, there's so much. Yeah, you do all this stuff, fly all the way out there, golf all day Thursday and Friday, you miss the cut, you go home with nothing. Yeah. So, live, there's no cuts. You show up to the tournament, you're getting paid something. And a lot of these tournaments for live, I didn't have the exact numbers here, but a lot of the tournaments for live, their top champions are doubling the PGA. Like, all the payouts are doubling them. Like, On top of the contract salary that they've already gotten. Correct. So they're they're forking out ridiculous amount of money. You start creating this massive divide in... The PGA golfers and the live golfers. Correct. So the highest paid golfer right now in today's game is Dustin Johnson, the guy who went to that very first. He's a live golfer. He's the highest paid golfer on the planet. You end up with this massive divide and you kind of end up with these faces that are champion the PGA. So what ends up happening, Brooks Kepka ends up signing. Big names keep going over there. The PGA not only are suspending people, but they're not letting them compete in the FedEx Cup, which is a big deal for players. Another thing is... Right now, the Live Golf, you were not earning worldwide golf rankings. So the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour are somehow in control of golf world rankings. So the only way you can can uh, qualify for one of the four majors is through your golf world rankings. Oh, man. Right. So I don't know how they have control over these world rankings, but live wasn't receiving any acknowledgement because it'd be like me going and starting up a golf tour and i somehow get 
Jordan Spieth to join my tour. Right. And he leaves PGA. And he's golfing my tour against Smo Joe and Billy Bob. Yeah. And he's winning every tournament. You can't make him the number one ranked golfer in the world. Right. So there has to be regulation. But at this point, Liv has has 10 of the best players on the planet on its tournament. Yeah. So they've it, built a really good roster. Right. It's getting very hairy. Like, what makes the PGA roster better than Liv at this point? Right. So, you you have to regulate it. So, they're trying to figure all that out. Um, This And right now, we're kind of in the middle of 2022. So, this blew up in the beginning of 2022. Yeah, they held him out from the FedEx Cup. At this point, lots of players are are switching. And right now, on the timeline, we're kind of in August of 2022. I'm going to name you some of the golfers now. At this point, we've kind of split it down the middle. On on how good the golfers are on each tour. Right. Okay. Correct. So, at this point, it's August of 2022, and I'm going to name you off some of the top players for Liv that switch. So, okay. Bryson DeChambeau, a very big-name player known for his really big drives. Sergio Garcia is a longtime yep. uh, veteran. Dustin Johnson Brooks Kepka, yep. who is one of the best players in the world. Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, Mito Pereira. I don't know who that is. He was on that documentary, Full Swing. You saw him on the documentary. Uh, Mito Pereira. Ian Poulter is the European dude with the crazy pants and yeah, the spiked hair. The blonde guy. Yep. Patrick Reed, Cameron Smith, Bubba Watson, all on live. Here's some of the top names at this point that are left on the PGA Tour. You okay. got Rory McIlroy, yep. Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, Tony Fanu, Justin Rose, John Rahm, Jason Day, Kevin Eisner, and Will Zalatoris. Yeah, it's definitely split. It's split really evenly. I would say if I'm going like just rosters there off golfers... I would probably give a slight edge to PGA. Yeah, me too. But that's just off names. That's not off performance. So Brooks Kepka, live golfer, just won the PGA Championship. And then the last three majors out of the top 10, six or more of those have been live golfers. So they've been having more players placed in the top 10 than PGA players. So they've been kicking the PGA's butt. Honestly, I feel like they have a little bit of fire under their butt. Yeah. There's at this point there's a lot of tension. So August 16th, 2022, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy called a players only meeting and brought together the top 20 players from the PGA. Basically Just all the, the big PGA. Names. They brought it upon themselves supposedly to call this together. So what's happening here is the PGA is going to Rory and Tiger, mostly Rory. And they basically have championed Rory to be their face of the PGA. And they're telling him, I need you to be loyal. Like, we got to we gotta come through this on the other side. Manipulation at its finest. Like, literally like a company dying and you go to your number one employee and you're like, stay with us. I promise we'll get through this. You're going to be better for it. You'll reap all the benefits on the other side, knowing they're they're it's done. We're going to make all these changes, and we're going to pay our players more, and we're going to do this, this, and this, and it's dangling the carrot without any prom like anything written down on paper. Dangling the carrot, knowing that they're all lies. Yeah. Like 
they're it's not happening you're like it's crazy so at this point rory mixed with justin thomas and jordan speed they've been pretty big advocates too are like going all in on the moral side of it that's pga's number one thing is they're saying that it's dirty money yeah they're saying that this is why we're not allowing players to play for live is because we don't want to our players associated with the corruption of Saudi Arabia. Yes. All the dirty money, all the the immoral practices that go on in that country saying all that stuff. Yeah. Even though everything in their house is made in China and we're not going to talk about who made that stuff and they were paid six cents an hour and yeah, human slavery. But anyways, (laughs) you're cool with, Cool with your golf bag coming from China, I guess. So they called a players only meeting to kind of like damage control, reel people in. They didn't want nobody else switching. They're tired of people switching. Because at this point, it was like every two to three weeks, another big name golfer breaking news is going to live. Yeah. Giving the big old middle finger to the PGA. While this is going on, the PGA has been making big changes. I think they uh, they edited their list of cuts or they made it to where players were getting paid even though they got cut. They added more events on their tour. Basically, they've been taking advantage of these... Bigger players not having to pay them. Yeah, they've been, they've been not paying their players anything like and so now all of a sudden that live is competing with them they're like yeah you can have all these benefits and i'll pay you more and we'll do this we'll do that they call this players only meeting they're trying to stop people from switching pga's making changes as much as they possibly can then in september of 2022 all these live guys get together and they filed a antitrust act lawsuit against the pga basically suing them for trying to run a monopoly Oh, no. Yeah, for trying to control them. So now... Backfired. Yeah, they're in, they were... Until this merger happened, they were deep in litigation, both sides. They're suing each other. And while all this is going on, the DP World Tour, that's kind of like the European World Tour, is like somehow being drugged into this because I was trying to find it. When DP World Tour, or it used to be called something else too, it's, it's changed names a couple of times. It's confusing. When it first came up, PGA battled with them too, and now the PGA like is like owns them or is in control of them. Oh or... no, I feel like I can see where this is going with Live then. It's all like real hidden. Like the PGA had a lot of control over the DP World Tour. So they were like partners, but the PGA made sure that no one threatened their real you know what I mean, deal. Yeah. Like, so the DP World Tour is a part of all this, and so now they're deep in litigations. August, or sorry, October of 2022, Live added a strategic alliance with a developmental tour, the MENA Tour, which is Middle East and North Africa Tour. They basically paired up with Live, so they, they're gaining alliances, and the Greg Norman, CEO, their whole platform is golf should be an open market that you can compete and be on any it should be like a it should be kind of like tennis yeah where and that also would help the world rankings mm-hmm. and i totally agree i yeah. i think tennis does it awesome like yeah. an awesome job of how they run that sport so october comes 
were already in litigation. They've joined forces with this. Liv is joining up with this other tour. Everyone's battling each other. Uh, and then live go- then October it's announced that live golf members will not earn official world golf ranking points in uh, in certain countries that are on this this Mina tour, this Middle East and African tour. So it's just every time you turn around, it's another thing. Now, where it started getting interesting is at the end of the 2022 and beginning of 2023 is kind of when the first majors were coming after it's been like a middle divide. Yeah. And that's where I was like, really started calling out the PGA because I was like, bro, all these players are banned and suspended from PGA Tour events, but all of a sudden the majors are allowing them to compete. Yeah. So these these majors that are on the PGA Tour are like, bro, you're not affecting our money or our ratings or any of that stuff. Like, let them play. We don't care. And the PGA kind of didn't have any... Because without the four majors, there is no PGA. Right. You don't turn on the TV to, to watch the local trash man tour or whatever sponsorship you know what i mean yeah you're watching the majors. Uh, they start letting them play in the majors and now like i said earlier three three or four of these tournaments these live golfers are dominating these majors then just recently we just had the pga championship that's where brooks kepka ended up taking home the pga championship and he's a live golfer he's a live golfer and he that's wins, embarrassing yeah wins <laughs> the pga championship yeah Literally, the PGA Championship is won by a live golfer who is banned and suspended from the PGA. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Can you be more of a joke? Like, Like your word doesn't mean anything at that point. Right. So, the PGA is saying all this stuff, making all these promises to their players, talking about all these morals and values and all this stuff. And there's been talks of like, can they come together? Can they work it out? And some of the players are like basically saying they think they can, but they want Greg Norman, the CEO, to, to go. No one likes the CEO. Of PGA? No, no, no. Of of Live. Greg oh. Norman's the CEO of Live. Okay. They think they, because they, they've been asking him like, can y'all merge or can y'all work together? And Rory and Tiger both are in agreement that, it may be possible, but Greg Norman has to be the first to go. Mm. So I don't know why they hate this CEO. Probably because he's challenged the PGA since beginning of time. Yeah. We'll basically get to, we'll speed up and get to these people are now, it was just breaking news this past week. They're merging or joining forces or in agreement. There's not like a hundred percent of a solution yet you don't know if they're merging or if they're gonna work together or if they're going to stop fighting like you just don't know right so i have here's what little information we have that the pga is bowing out they are settling differences pga tour announced a shocking new deal with golf live golf on tuesday by issuing a press conference under a bold headline that it said it would merge commercial operations under common ownership. Oh, man. That description and other details in the release led to news outlets around the world to call it a merger. By the end of day Tuesday, PGA wanted to make sure very clearly that the whole world knew this is not a merger. And that headline got altered and they took the word merge out of it. Pride, like they're trying to save face, but there's no face to save, like... You're cowards. 
Yeah. Like, you're hypocrites. You, Roy McElroy is upset. He says he still hates Liv. They feel like all these golfers should face suspensions and punishments before being allowed to come back. And he said that he feels like the PGA Tour used him as a sacrificial lamb. Pretty much. Yeah. He's 100% right. He's like calling him out hard. Like, not happy about it. And he heard about the news Tuesday morning the same time everyone else did. He's been their main... That's like the face of PGA now. Like, Rory was low-key... Falling off the fate like the map before this whole live thing start started. Rory was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, he used to be good. What happened to him?" And then the, all this went down, and he's like the face of PGA, like crazy. They did him dirty. Yeah. So here's what we know so far, actually, about this merger. It's being called a merger shorthand, but that's not accurate, is what the PGA said. Uh, PGA Tour Inc remains intact as it was prior as a 501c6 tax-exempt organization. We have created a separate commercial entity underneath that structure. The entity will include the tour's commercial assets, the European DP World Tour, Live Golf, and other golf-related commercial business of the PIF Public Investment Fund. So basically what they're saying is they're trying to dissolve Live. No, so they what this is saying is that they have made a separate entity that all three tours own, and that entity will reap benefits from all like commercial business. Okay. So golf related commercial business. What they're doing is they made a separate to to put it in like basic terms in English so people can understand, is they made a separate company. And all three of these tours own equal partnership in this company. And all golf-related money will fund this company and be dispersed. Evenly. Theoretically, is what we know. In a perfect world. Yeah, that's what they're trying to make it seem like. So that all three tours are still their own. We're not partners with them. We just all own this company that shares profits. That's still a partnership. Yeah. It's it's, not a merger, though, because a merger is... When two companies come together to become one company. Right. So that's why they said in that deal, merge commercial operations under common ownership. It's such like semantics though. It's just like little details to technically this isn't this because technically we're doing it this way. It's all business controlled. Yeah. Like money. Like they sold out. The PGA sold out. For sure. Doing damage control because they were losing money left and right and couldn't compete. And also with this deal, they ended all their litigation and all their suing and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. So it's it's just a big sellout. The new entity with a name that is to be determined, doesn't even have a name yet, will implement a plan to grow these combined commercial businesses. This still does not make it a merger. This is not a merger, tour golfer Michael Kim said in Twitter. He said the tour still controls how and where the money goes. Man, I feel bad for Roy McIlroy. Do you think he's going to continue to golf under the PGA just because he has, like, no other option? Someone did say the other day, they're like, Rory should have taken the money. So that's what all these people are saying is all these golfers that didn't take the money are just out, like... Millions. Yes, so much life-changing money that, like... That the PGA talked them into not taking. Because And now the PGA is going to benefit from that money. Correct. 
literally like it's dirty money and now they're like oh we're gonna share some of the money that live makes we'll get some of those profits that's terrible yeah that's awful literally penn state law professor steve ross called it all semantics uh uh semantics how do you say that word did I say it right? I have no idea. Semantics. Semantics. Sorry. I'm like, I have no idea what you're trying to say. So you like you said it best. Penn State law professor Steve Ross called it semantics and noted there are slight differences in the proof the government needed to challenge mergers under Section 7 of the Clayton Act and agreements between rivals under Section 1 of the Sherman Act. So, like, basically it's a merger. Like, they're just legally trying to save face. That's crazy. That's terrible. So I don't know how they're going to format their tournaments or their teams or world golf rankings from here or any of that, which for the for the normal fan, they don't care anyways. They just care about the four majors. Yeah. That's it. I just want to know who wins those tournaments. We're not watching all that other stuff. I mean, some people are, but it's just... This is, again, one of those situations where the players need to hold the owners accountable. Yeah. And if that takes a boycott then that's what it's gonna take yeah there's a lot going on here it's almost like too much and too confusing to have the players rise up like it's almost too much there's too much going on there's nothing you can do so i don't know where they're gonna go from here poor rory like man man, how did you believe all that (laughs) you really believed you fell for that didn't you like this is money changes people yeah super powerful it seems really dirty a lot of people justify the saudi dirty money as like well if it goes to good people and then the money gets put to good good use no you're no that's a terrible argument donating to charity charity's benefiting from it they're doing terrible things over there and they have a lot of money i guess we need to ship back your slippers that were made in china that boom arm that's holding your podcast mic on too that was probably made in china too we're not talking about China. We're talking about Saudi Arabia, babe. Just saying, we're talking about morals and values. Can't pick and choose when it's convenient to follow them. I'm not going to get into that. Anyways. <laughs> all right. So that's all the updates we have with Liv and PGA for right now. Because this news just broke on Tuesday. Yeah. There's so more we don't it. have all the little details. Right. And it's so much. It's so deep. Right. Follow our Instagram for more updates. Yeah. We'll keep up. We'll definitely be keeping up to date with that. And I bet there's going to be updates every other week. So, okay, we're going to go into overtime just quickly. Oh, you got overtime planned? I do. I have overtime. We're going to do another blind rank. And this time we're going to do it with pro golfers. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm keeping it on theme. Well, I don't... That's very biased. I don't don't watch enough golf, but... You'll know everyone that I I name. I'll, I'll do my best. So, yeah, so blind rank, same same as last week. I'm going to give you a golfer. You rank it one through five, and I'm interested because I don't think it's going to be as easy as last week. Yeah, and it's it's a lot harder with, with golf. It's not. Not in my opinion. Okay. Okay. All right, so player number one, Rory. Are we going overall career or are we going off of right overall now? Career. Overall career. Overall career. Everything? Yep. Number three. Okay. Number two, Jordan Spieth. Number four. Number four. Okay. Number three, Phil Mickelson. Sorry. Number two. Number Player number four, Tiger Woods. Number one. Yeah. I knew you were waiting out for him and I was like, should I just like not put him on the list? <laughs> just add another golfer yeah, to just, my list though. Yes. And I was like, but that's so mean. Yeah. Okay. Be- so you have 
Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Rory, Rory Jordan. And then you want to know who you put number five? Justin Thomas? No. Ricky Fowler? No. Bubba Watson? No. Jack Nicholas. <laughs> That's what you did? Yeah. Okay. He's not number five, babe. Yeah. He's like, he's probably One number two. two. One or two. He's probably two. Oh, dropped a ball. <laughs> oh, got him. You, you put- if you have that like little button that's like, ding, with the, <laughs> the sports buzzer. Yeah. You put three golfers that are like all-time Hall of Famers and then two like average good guys. Rory and Jordan? Yeah. I just feel like they're new age. So I don't feel like they're just like average. I feel like they just haven't had as long of careers as the other three. So that's why I asked. Are you talking about right now? Because you put three people that are already basically retired and two people who are in the middle of their career. Yeah, it's fine, babe. You did good. You only got really one that was like off. Yeah. And it was the very last one. It happens. Yeah. I tried to do a blind rank on TikTok the other day of... uh, who what was it i think it was bat current basketball players in the nba i i did like six takes because i couldn't get any of them in the right order they're yeah. hard like the fact that you got last week is pretty good yeah you don't know who's coming so you're just trying to guess right yeah all right so i'm just gonna go over it one more time number one you put tiger number two you put phil, phil rory jordan, jordan and then one of the Jack best Nicholas. golfers of the literal planet He's just older and retired. Yeah. So anyway, he has the most all-time majors. Yeah. Tiger never caught him. Yep. All right. So that is all we have for today's episode. Some really current updates. Literally dropped last Tuesday, both of them. So that was good. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Harper's Halftime. We hope you enjoyed today's episode where we covered some of the top Rangers news right now in the PGA and Live Golf Merger. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube so you never miss an episode. We appreciate your support and we love hearing from everybody who's listened to our podcast. Reach out to us on Instagram at Harper's Halftime to share your thoughts, suggestions on any topics that you want us to cover, and even your own sports stories and just like that as the buzzer sounds game's over remember to stay passionate stay informed and keep embracing the thrill of the game until next time this is harper's halftime signing Signing off. off